Hi, this is Alessio, the host of Metal Gear Mondays, coming at you before the episode to let you know that this is a remaster of our very first episode, but also simultaneously, this is our 91st episode. Um, So please enjoy the um, small time travel device that we're going to provide you with, and um, we'll try to be pretty transparent throughout the episode as to kind of where everything falls in, but just know that we've also retained the original episodes in your feed, and they should be in proper order. So this is our remaster of our first season of us recovering Metal Gear Solid 1. If you've tried listening to the show and getting into it early on and for whatever reason it didn't really stick, we'd love it if you'd give it another shot. And if you're a longtime listener, please enjoy our second take on Metal Gear Solid. Um, Yeah, thanks, you guys, and enjoy the episode. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls, welcome to the first, or 91st, episode of Metal Gear Mondays, a Games Club comedy podcast covering all things Metal Gear from top to bottom, left to right, inside and out. As always, and for the very first time, I'm your host, Alessio Summerfield, and this week, we're doing something special. Um, I know that you guys heard the pre-roll at the beginning of the episode, um, but... Um, just kind of wanted to like set the scene, set the stage. This is our remaster, our redux, our recreation, our reimagining, um, and our redo. Please let me redo the test. This is our redo, uh, our take-home quiz version of the final exam that we were sick for, um, of the first season of our show, uh, covering the original Metal Gear Solid. Um, it's going to feature sort of our more updated format, uh, our fancy, better equipment, and better vocal cords, and all that jazz. Um, and uh, yeah, we 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 want to use this as a as a example of the quality that the show will come to take, and uh, give you guys a little taste of the future today in your podcast catcher podcatcher podcast caster of choice uh you'll see now there will be uh mgm remaster number one and mgm classic number one so if you for whatever reason uh would like to go back in time as of time of recording roughly almost three years into the past to listen to a time capsule of the original version of this show feel free um and kind of feel free to chart the journey with us after this remaster season we are going to drop you back off in the past in order to catch up with us so metal gear solid 2 will kind of revert back to the original recordings um though one day we hope to remaster those as well um but yeah i'm not going to take too much time setting that scene for everyone who might currently be a longtime listener of the show but i just wanted to set that context for new people um, I'm joined by some very special fellas that are going to be here every step of the way for what you're going to be listening to. Um, this week, I'm joined by Sam Wright. <coughs> Hi, I'm Sam Wright. I'm the pretty one. But he's, and, he's sick all the time for some reason. It's weird. Well, I I had to cough that entire time, but I didn't want to interrupt your lovely introduction. And then I realized that me doing a real sick, nasty cough um, is probably the best way to get them real used to who I am as a person. Very so, nice. Very nice. There uh, it goes. We're also joined by Isaac Lim. Hey, guy. hey guys. Can hey you guy. tell I'm nervous? <laughs> hey. Uh, hello. What are you nervous for? <laughs> this is great. I, it's yeah, the I first uh, I, I haven't first seen podcast. Isaac this anxious in a while. First episode, guys. first podcast, guys. <laughs> This is our first episode. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm nervous. You got yep. butterflies. 
the first the first butterflies. Um, this week we're also joined by James Reichmuth, Mr. Mom Spaghetti himself, Jimmy Stinger here. We remastered an entire person. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Man, those devs, they uh, they damn, they overhauled it. Did a great job. <laughs> New and improved <laughs> right yeah. out the gate. Wait. Dusting off a classic. 2019 James Oh, my in the God. So James's legal first name is Dustin. Ah, oh, fuck. Can it be Dustin? Spoiler Dustin, alert. Comma, quote, off a classic. Quote, oh, I like that. Me. Dustin <laughs> off a classic. I like That'd it. be my wrestler name. Yes. Wow, I've got a bright <laughs> career ahead of me. I'm excited about that. First name Dustin, last name Off a Classic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, excuse me, would Mr. Off a Classic uh, please to the report to the office? His parents are here to pick him up. <laughs> um, very nice. So before we get into what this show is, what it exists for, why you should listen, um, I do want to hear a little bit about you guys' experiences with, with Metal Gear. Um, so... Uh, just sort of the 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 over under too long did not read this show is a borderline obsessive compulsive discussion that never ends of all things that have Metal Gear's branding stamped on it. Um, as of time of recording, we've achieved like over 140 hours of Metal Gear discussion. So hopefully, wow. you were looking a for 140 hours of Metal Gear discussion. <laughs> yeah, hope you're ready to sit. If you weren't, guess what? It's still here anyway. Yeah. So you can't get rid of it. Sit on that for a little bit. <laughs> It's yours yeah. and it's ours. Marie Kondo's not going to come in here and show you how to fold these fucking podcasts. Yum. Um, oh. But does it? Does the podcast bring you joy? I hope so. Yeah. Ooh. Correct. I hope because we're already we're already in the garbage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Take at, me out back. Coming you know at you live I mean? from the dumpster in your alley. This is Metal Gear Mondays. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's. I just want to hear a little bit about like kind of how you guys got to the because again we have to simultaneously uh, talk to new listeners. Yeah. And then remind the old listeners, like Metal Gear Solid did for us, remind yeah. the old listeners why they fell in love with us in the first place. Yeah, I I am somehow playing these games in chronological order, not of when they were released or when they were made, <laughs> just somehow oh, yeah, you're right. in the way the timeline shakes out. Yeah, the timeline of the games. I did three, and That's then Peace Walker, and then hilarious. five, and then I did one. Yeah, skip I guess, Metal wow. Gear and Metal Gear Two. Yeah, but, but for the most part, but for the most part, chronological order. I'm a psychopath. Hello. No, it's great. <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. Doing it right. Yeah. You're going to have a weird... I've got a weird perspective. It's yeah. <laughs> a really weird experience. I, I feel very strongly about certain people that probably doesn't make sense to... Yeah, we're not sure. I'm not sure why I care about you, but I really feelings. do care about you. Very nice. Uh, James, did you... So, so we do have two... For Isaac, this is going to be weird. So at the time of the original recording of the first episode of the show, Isaac had never touched a Metal Gear. Yeah. And um, has now touched most of the Metal Gears. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Put his fingers all over it. Yeah, he's like got his fingerprints all, all over. Um, but um, I guess for 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 the sake of this little intro, do you guys mind kind of talking about like your exposure to the series before yeah. Metal Gear Mondays? Oh, that's a that's a good question. It was like oh, it was one of those things that was like it was always on the fringe of my taste and like my friends' taste growing up. So like. I had heard about it, and, like, I knew people that were diehard, like, this is the greatest game series to ever exist, and I'm going to talk your ear off about it, and none of it's going to make sense, and I won't give it context. Um, <laughs> and then you had people who were just like, yeah, it's okay. Um, so, like, it was just something that, like, flew under the radar for me that I never engaged with, because I was like, oh, it's probably, like, not up my alley, and then, thankfully, uh, Alessio brought me into the joyous world of... Metal Gear. 
Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Sorry, I promise. Metal uh, Gear. I told myself I wouldn't do that within the first 15 minutes of the show, but here we are. Here we are. I promise it'll happen at least five more times this episode. Correct. Uh, Isaac, how did you come into Metal Gear? <laughs> I came into it like everybody else did, you know? Don't we all remember? <laughs> to, do a, to do a podcast about Metal Gear? Uh, you did not exactly. come into this shit through the Pizza Hut demo disc, sir. <laughs> oh. You sit down. <laughs> Pizza Hut demo disc, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, for That's me, a- it wasn't... It wasn't so. Um, uh, I, I watched a lot of it being played, and I always and I always liked the aesthetics of it. I just never thought. I, I always thought it was such one of those really long games that um, you weren't wrong. I, well, yeah, <laughs> but like one of those games that just had so much in it, and I was like, I don't think I could get into that sort of thing, um, and I don't think I could really. Um, see myself being in a nitty gritty with uh, a snake boy, but little did I know that I would be playing all the snake boys and um, every snake boy that ever was every all of them. That's so awesome. I mean, my first experience probably that I could remember is watching Alessio play through MGS three. Way back when in uh, middle school, I think, and uh, staying late up at night, um, watching him sneak around in the forest was kind of bizarre. <laughs> I thought I was having a fever dream a lot of the time, but it, um, and then fast forward ten years later or whatever, and I'm I'm uh, having to go through <laughs> all these things with Alessio again. Who would have thought? This time it was like me that watched you stuck in through some the... sort of time loop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a time paradox. paradox as you will. So, I guess that's my Metal Gear experience. Yeah, and if you guys want Isaac's like spot on, actual like in the thick of it first reactions, uh, check out the classic episodes of this season, and uh, check out the MGS two and MGS three seasons because Isaac will give you his uh, hot takes. <laughs> And, and the MGS4. Uh, some of them are quite... And the Peace terrible. Walker season. Yeah, just all of them. This, <laughs> just yeah, all the really, seasons. Really, Metal Gear Mondays is a giant monolith of a podcast that's dedicated to Isaac's first reactions to these So games. it was a social experiment that you guys mm-hmm. came up with and... Very mm. successful. I yeah. wish that I wish that we could just do a podcast, like we go back in time and do a podcast about Isaac's first experiences with you know, oh like everything. God. Like Isaac's <laughs> first, you, you Isaac's call it first meta Meta Gear Mondays. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah, like there Isaac's, we go. Isaac's first lemon. Oh um, no, Isaac! Yeah, Isaac's, Isaac's first uh, ride of a bike with no training wheels. So, oh, I have two. I have a story for each of those. Um, guys, I feel oh I feel the listener numbers dwindling. Yeah, as we well, talk about. This. All right, let's, let's pick it back up. Pick it back up. Mm-hmm. Sam, what was your first experience yeah. with Metal Gear? Um, so my first experience. So my earliest memory of gaming, and I know that I had played other games before this, but my earliest memory um, was playing metal gear solids demo on the we we alluded to it before the pizza hut demo disc back in the day um with my dad um my parents were divorced when i was um really young and when my dad my dad was in the military so he traveled a lot but when he was stationed in arizona with uh where i was 
um, on the weekends, I would go on Friday night. I would we had a tradition where we would get Pizza Hut and we would watch Boy Meets World. And then we would play video games, and we our favorite thing to do was play this Pizza Hut demo disc. And I loved the Metal Gear Solid demo on that demo disc so much, I played it all the time, that um, my dad got the full game, and we played it together. And that was like my first like tangible video game memory, and it's probably the reason why I'm a gamer today. Um, so it was very... Metal Gear as a series was a very formative... Um, series for me and my gaming sensibilities is very important to me very nice and my story is similar to sam's except minus all of the bonding with my father (laughs) (laughs) uh no mine does have a fun wrinkle so my dad watched me play metal gear uh metal gear solid and was uh off the pizza demo disc um we bought a playstation because i got the demo disc and was like super bummed that I couldn't do anything with oh, it. Oh, no. And I, like, sulked around the house for months. And then my parents were like, here's your fucking PlayStation. Jeez. Oh, um, I bought a PlayStation for a demo disc. That's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty great. I love that. <laughs> so, uh, so I played the shit out of the Metal Gear Solid demo over and over and over, probably, like, 50, 60 times or more. Um, and I remember we used to talk about it with my friends all the time. And uh, one of my friends was like, yeah, man, and it's crazy. And we'd talk about the whole game. And I would just have to kind of, like, fake, like, be like, oh, yeah, it was oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, it. And then I'm like, I I, that. I've logged 35 hours into this demo. But, <laughs> um, but my dad would, like, watch me play it. And literally, I do believe at one point in time he straight up said, like, yeah, we do. We did call those five five sixers, and they do refer to those as pineapples, like, wow. in real life. And I was like, oh, my God. Um but at a certain point, for whatever reason, I guess my dad was like the record skipped or something like in his brain. And he was like, oh, I'm not supposed to let my young son play violent things. And so he just decided like randomly one day to like expunge all violent and like Whoa. seemingly like not good intentioned media for a young man like out of the house. Oh, my goodness. So I'm talking like Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy VIII got like shuttle launched out of my house. Oh, my God. Metal Gear Solid demo got like thrown out. Not the demo. Dude, like all this stuff. And so I finally... Uh, it's funny because all this the games... This isn't a like, fun wrinkle. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> Unless he was like, and then I got emancipated yeah. <laughs> by myself PlayStation. What's, what's funny is like all the games that I bought with my like salary once I got a job and was like an adult <laughs> were like literally just the games that my dad you're threw like out. like eight years old. Like, yeah, I went back to the office and was like, hey, I need to raise my salary so I can buy a fucking PlayStation. Yeah. My dad's lost his mind. <laughs> but no, so what's funny is uh, I didn't buy Metal Gear Solid um, down the road. What I ended up doing was was I traded with a guy that I knew in school and got his copy um, because for whatever reason, I guess his parents had seen like the cyborg ninja hallway Mm. and they were like, this is Mm. too violent for our son. So he had to get rid of it. So I was like, oh dude, I'll I'll, I'll trade it from you. Yeah. Grown up in the Southeast. If you're a listener from the Southeast, you know what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) So I was trading with my friend and I got his copy and I remember in order to kind of masquerade it, because, like, I think my dad had forgotten about it. Yeah. And in order to, like, not get in trouble, I, like, popped out the case and sharpied over the cover <laughs> where the M oh rating God. was. So there was, like, a black <laughs> box. And I sharpied it on the discs, too. And so, like, I took it home, and my parents were like, oh, it's okay, whatever, video games. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> and that's how I snuck. Wow. Uh yeah, I almost pulled a snake and like tried to cram the whole CD case up my ass, oh my um, <laughs> but I didn't have nano machines to repress my digestive system, so it wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you didn't so, want to awaken anything. Oh, of course, um, I was a grown boy, so um, <laughs> yeah, real. you know. 
But yeah, so I, I, I just wanted to give a little bit of context about who we each were. That way, while you were listening, you could pick your favorite. And then uh, we got <laughs> and, and, and listen. Forward. Love it. There's no right answer to that question, but it's okay if it's me. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's no W R I G H T answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, um, very good. Anyway, uh, after after covering all that, I, I just want to do like a quick quick overview of like what this show is, what we're doing, what you can expect. Um, we're not really the tradi- traditional kind of like drunk cast, kind of like dudes sitting around just kind of <laughs> talking. You know That's what I mean? true. Yeah. Um, I mean, we do that, but we kind of have a little bit of a rubric or like. Uh, like I don't like an outline. It's gonna be we, a quiz. How we, yeah, how we get ready. Is. Yeah, if you I don't like page, the word rubric. If you flip to page thirty-seven <laughs> in your workbook, um, but no. So what we typically do on a on a on once the show, once you hit the Metal Gear Solid three season onward, and we've solidify our format a bit more. It's a little fast and loose, freeform jazz up until that moment. Um, but what we do in our format is we, we, we pick a game, we kind of build a season around one game. In this case, it's Metal Gear Solid for the PlayStation. And we kind of break things up where the first episode is like covering development, history, um, basics, gameplay, generalities, um, kind of initial story setup. And then we'll do like a part one where we go pretty in-depth about the story and, and the game. And we do it very book club, games club style, like... We talk about a chapter, and then everybody kind of gives their little book report of what happened to them, and we kind of move on. And then um, at the end of a season, we'll do sort of like a post-wrap-up, finish-it-up kind of thing. Occasionally, we'll have guests. There are seasons where we have guests on like every episode, but occasionally we'll do like post-season guests. Um, and then we'll do sort of a listener response, kind of just like fun topic episode between seasons. Um, and occasionally, they'll be on the feed. You'll notice them extra ops. Extra ops are just sort of like one-off like we couldn't build a whole season out of this, so we're just doing like a one-off episode. Um, I think that's my quick two minutes on what the fuck this show is. So hopefully you're into that. If you've listened to podcasts like uh, Watch Out for Fireballs or Bonfireside Chat, which is actually coming back, which is crazy, um, as of time of recording, um, you will notice that the format is somewhat familiar. So we kind of lifted their format. We emulated people that we liked. Um, don't worry. Uh, Cole Ross is, has been on this show, so we kind of got approval. I think he gave us the thumbs up. And, well, no. G- Cole Ross has been on the show, and Gary Butterfield called the show a, what was it, a fucking corker? A certified corker. A certified corker. <laughs> Which you I'm not quite sure what that means. To mean, <laughs> to mean what you want it to mean. Yeah, I think it means like a champagne bottle cork popping. Like it's a real okay. uh, corker. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Good times. I'll take Come it. On. So yeah, so we're endorsed. It's fine. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's kind of the that's kind of the lay of the land, so to speak. Um, and so we kind of, and in case sh- you hadn't figured it out, our, ep- our podcast comes out on Mondays. What? Oh yeah. Correct. That's a thing as well. Um, <laughs> if, if, if before we even get into this, uh, you decide that you like this, um, please subscribe, please rate, please review, do all that stuff. But also you should check us out. Uh, Metal Gear Mondays is on all the social media with that title. Um, we're at Metal Gear Monday on Twitter and then you should check us out on Patreon. You get cool stuff like extra podcast. It's a whole other show. But we'll talk about that at the end. I just wanted to throw that in there right now because I have to because this is a pseudo job. He's legally obligated to do it. Yeah, That's James is holding a is. gun to my head. Yeah. Um, Whoa. But yeah, so do you guys want to get into our very first thing that we're ever going to talk about, which is uh, Metal Gear Solid? Whoa. No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> 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 <Let's do it.
but yeah, so um, just kind of give a quick overview, and fellas, feel free to chime in as we go. I just kind of wanted to cover our basics here. Cover them. Um, Metal Gear Solid is an action-adventure stealth game. Wow. I don't know in what world we're recording this for somebody who's never played this, yeah. so please be patient. Um, <laughs> I just want to go over some stuff. Maybe you'll find out some shit you didn't know. Like, you're immediately mocking the notes that you wrote. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, yeah, you did this. You, you reacted no. like, like somebody handed you a script. It's like, yeah. wow. wrote that. Oh, no. I don't, I don't know. Who I, have, I have an assistant put this together. Um, but yeah, so the PlayStation versions released uh, September the 3rd, 1998 is when the original version Good of this year. game came out in Japan. Um, October the 21st, 1998 was the US release for the PlayStation version. And then February 22nd, 1999, always late, uh, Europe received this as uh, integral, as Metal Gear Solid integral with VR and special missions disc included. This is why Brexit happened. Absolutely. Yeah, probably. Yeah, late video games. I, yeah, fuck it. Um but the I sorry my brain is now fixated on the fact that Brexit's probably going to mean they're going to get games later now. Yeah, isn't that sad? Sorry, mm. guys. <laughs> I don't know why that is the conclusion I came to. I don't know what that has to do with economics. Yeah, probably but will. Yeah, imports. Uh, um, <laughs> leaning into <laughs> leaning into politics right off the bat. <laughs> hey. uh, but the uh, PlayStation version was developed by Konami Computer Entertainment Japan and published by. Konami. Uh, Thanks, the Konami. Microsoft Windows version came out September the 24th, 2000 in the U.S. Wow. Y2K, October, baby. Yeah. And October <laughs> the 20th, 2000 in the EU. I think both of which are roughly, I think that September 24th dates roughly about a year or two before MGS2. I think it's roughly a year before MGS2. Good like for almost them. to they, the They team. got them right back to back. Um, but um, notably, the weirdest thing about this is that, well, I guess not the weirdest, it makes sense. They took out the memory card scene that Psychomantis has, oh, where he yeah. like, scans your memory card. What did they replace it with? Um, nothing, I guess. Oh, I think great, it just cut. Good. And then they made all the uh, VR missions and photo modes and extra options and stuff from the VR stuff uh, available hmm. like, right away. Oh, that's Here's cool. something. Um, I, <laughs> for whatever reason, I didn't realize there was a PC version. Uh, oh. Yeah, there's like an action. Well, there you go. Um, here we so are, all I these years something. later. Even Isaac's <laughs> learning something new. Um, <laughs> cool. But uh, Microsoft Game Studios published the Windows versions, and uh, a developer called Digital Dialect. Um, I think they're uh. actually based out of Europe as well, but don't quote me on that. Um, but yeah, that's what that's, are what that's, are the things those boys made? I don't know. Um, Nothing. I don't know if anybody is hand capable to search that. Um, but let me run through the quick roster real quick. So I will, I will speak if somebody wants to look it up. Um, the game as obviously, uh, I hope, well, I don't know. Maybe there is a subsect of people who aren't aware of like the cult of Kojima and like Hideo Kojima. Do you think that there is a world in which somebody plays Metal Gear and does not know about Hideo Kojima? Yeah. I think a bunch of people probably played five and survive that have no idea about anything that came before that. <laughs> um, so these games are directed by Hideo Kojima. Uh, it's also produced by Hideo Kojima and um, Motoyuki Yoshioka. Try to nail that. Uh, designed by Hideo Kojima, programmed by Kazunobu Yuihara, and the artist is Yoji Shinkawa, who we will see uh, time and time again, and I believe is also working on Death Stranding. Um, is written by Hideo Kojima and Tomokozu Fukushima. And our composers that we've got listed here are Kozuyuki Maruoka, uh, Hiroyuki Togo, uh, Takanari Ishiyama, Lee Jong Myung, and Maki Kirioka. I think I got those. Did I get those? You crushed that. Probably. Yeah. Uh, A plus. So, yeah, fingers, fingers crossed. Sam, 
Sam hit me with the probably. I think that is the most encouraging post-Japanese name reading statement I've ever received from Sam. <laughs> Usually Sam's like, God, you're awful at these. Um, you're pretty good. But yeah. yeah. Um, did anybody figure yeah, out? Yeah, so Digital Dialect yeah. had a had a hell of a time. They did a, they did a game called Battle Arena. Wait, is it Battle Arena Toshinden? Yeah. Oh, so well, they, a, did the, so they, they did the PC, they the PC port. They do ports, yeah. So they looks did the like, PC port like of Toshinden. Looks like they did a Game Boy port, too. Oh, um, well, Odd like Worlds, Exodus, and Odyssey. Well, yeah, coming in hot times for Game Boy, for the um, uh, for PS1, PS1 and the PS3 network. Oh, weird. Whatever. Uh, and the uh, IHRA Motorsports Drag Racing, my game Woo! choice on Friday night. <laughs> oh, you skipped. Uh, you skipped Adrenix. Oh, you know a Hoonix. Yeah. Adrenix. Is it like a phoenix made of dreams? Because <laughs> that sounds take on the fucking role. awesome. You take on the role as the ace pilot Scott Griffin, an ex-MedTech employee who joined a terrorist group after MedTech kidnapped his girlfriend. Wait, you're playing as a terrorist? Yeah. Good, 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 good. Cool, cool, nice. cool, cool, cool. Cool, thanks, Digital cool, Dialect. Cool, 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 cool. Totally um, not problematic. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> but yeah, let's dive into development a little bit on this one. Um, so Kojima originally planned this. I, this is actually kind of new information to me. So apparently Kojima and everybody. Uh, so so real quick, um, I'm going to super plug uh, a guy named Terry Wolf right now. Um, the goal is I think we're in the process of actually kind of getting him for the show for a later episodes. So hopefully look forward to that. Hell yeah, Terry. Um, but Terry Wolf, uh, otherwise known as the guy who wrote a lot of the articles and pretty much everything that's on Meta Gear Solid. Uh, dot com or dot net i think um he published a book called the kojima code and the kojima code is pretty cheap on ebook on amazon so i would check that out or you can buy actually like physical copies of like 20 bucks or something yeah the ebook's um, like eight bucks yeah but he goes into he goes into pretty extensive detail on like kojima's life from like childhood all the way to like i think right before metal gear solid 3 yeah um and so for this in particular it's super interesting so kojima got in at Konami through like kind of doing odd jobs at like a really low level. Mm -hmm. And then after they kind of gave him differing levels of responsibility on like some super tiny, like penguin platformer. Was he doing like coding and yeah. So he did some level. Yeah. He did some coding. I think he also did some writing here and there. Um, But eventually they were going to scrap. They were trying to do something like Contra esque, Mm -hmm. but on the MSX two, and the refresh rate just wouldn't allow them to do super action-y stuff. Yeah. And so I think they were going to scrap the project, and then Kojima mapped out this whole, like, stealth hide-and-seek kind of game. Mm-hmm. And they're like, sure, kid, whatever. Wow. Um, and I guess it ended up kind of being received pretty well to, like, a small niche group. Yeah. Um, but one thing led to another. He ended up doing Metal Gear 2, Solid Snake, and we did episodes on all these things. But just to give you the quick cliff notes... Um, he slowly but surely just kind of went from this like random dude to kind of having his own little tiny team of like, like five or six within people. The studio. Yeah, like yeah. a team within mm. Konami. That's crazy. So even by the time this was going on, like right. he already like it wasn't, he had already yeah, it, it, they were all like kind of loyal to him and like really into his ideas. And, yeah, so like Yoji Shinkawa, yeah. who's the artist, actually did a bunch of art for Kojima during Police Knots, and I think even before that they yeah. had worked together. It's crazy because you got to figure there's like I can just imagine like the disconnect between like the the visionaries like kojima and then like the rest of konami who's like probably just like part 
business people just trying yeah. to like fumble around and figure like out how to make this people. video yeah. game work. And then Kojima comes in and he's like, I got some fucking ideas, dog. Well, and Konami 2 <laughs> is primarily sort of like at one point in time, and I think now they're kind of going back to this, but at one point in time they were kind of fixated on like gaming in the sense of like gambling gaming. Right. So like I think early on the roots of the company are kind of established in that. Yeah. But it's interesting. But anyway, so yeah, he had already kind of amassed his own little click at this time. And Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake, which never came to the West until the subsistence release of Metal Gear Solid 3, um, had done really well in Japan and he'd kind of gotten mm-hmm. a name for himself. And Police Knots was actually supposed to be sort of his like weird director passion project, like really? masterpiece. Like okay. he was like, I made this like action like visual novel detective story yeah and he like went all out like beautiful Damn. music anime cutscenes, like crazy detective thriller story it was kind of like based on especially the book the kojima code it was very like uh, like masturbatory like yeah. he just kind of was like yeah turn yeah. everything up to 11 the things i love i'm gonna yeah it's, this is like kojima's desires yeah, of the game this is like unfiltered kojima yeah and for whatever reason i guess um they were pressing him to do a third Metal Gear, or maybe he decided to do it. I can't remember what the what the reasoning was. Um, but the whole thing was he decided to, since they made Police Knots on the 3DO, mm-hmm. or at least that was like a version of the game. I believe the game has since been re-released on like the PlayStation 1 in Japan sure. and some other stuff. We still have never gotten an official release in the States That's of Police Knots. Um, we will eventually cover it for the show because there is an English fan patch that you oh, can apply. That's neat. Um but anyway, so Kojima was originally planning to release this Metal Gear title in 94, or work on it in 94, for the 3DO. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. But after Police Nuts released on the 3DO, the system kind of got mothballed. Yeah. Um, 3DO was That would have been the darkest timeline. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Alternate timeline where 3DO Ooh. is king. Oh, God. Was... I- Real quick sidebar. Is, is Was the 3DO console related to the company 3DO? I'm not sure. Does anybody know that? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Because um, I, I forgot that it was a console. Like, I remember the company, and then you'd mentioned that yeah. before we started recording. I was like, oh, yeah, that was a that was a thing for a little bit. 3DOs is really weird console. So I did buy a ver- – I bought a 3DO secondhand forever ago, held onto it for a little bit, kind of futzed around with it. I think it had yeah. Madden 94 oh, on yeah. it or something. But it was this weird system where every controller had like almost like a SCSI port-looking yep. thing, and you could daisy-chain like – 10 controllers or <laughs> and do like a full stacked Madden game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So everybody's kind of, a position player. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. It's a very weird system. Um, but yeah. So anyway, so that, that happened. And then kind of at the last second, they were like, Hey, let's consider this PlayStation. And I think at the time, based on what I was reading, it was still this weird experimental time where like Nintendo was king and right. anybody who'd like stepped up to Nintendo other than Sega had kind of gotten shot down. Yeah. So when Sony and Nintendo had their big split up and mm. Sony was like, we're taking our disc shit somewhere else. See ya. Um, when Sony unveiled the PlayStation, I think Sony was still kind of having difficulty um, kind of securing more and more third party people. Yeah. To kind of yeah publishers were probably weary about it because it's like, what? What are you doing with this yeah. disc thing, dog? And so Kojima was like, no, our shit needs to be on, like, high-tech stuff, yeah. CDs. Like, this needs to be, like, cutting edge. Like, literally, his goal was to, like, make the greatest game ever made, but no. also, like, the greatest, like, PlayStation game ever made. Yeah. Um, and so Solid, as a moniker, Metal Gear Solid, the Solid is not only because we never got Metal Gear Solid, or Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake in America, 
Uh, we did get Snake's Revenge. We mm-hmm. did an episode on that. I don't want to talk about it. It's dog shit. <laughs> it's, really bad game. Um, it's awful. Um, yeah, seriously, listen to that episode. I think it's like one of the worst games we've ever played. Um, I'm going to need you to actually tell me how you feel. Oh, about no. it. <laughs> um, but since we never got the actual canonical Metal Gear 2 and in Kojima's words and many other fans' words, we never really got the canonical Metal Gear either. Oh. Like our version of Metal Gear on the NES doesn't even feature a fucking Metal Gear. There's oh, no Metal yeah. Gear in the game. That's a good point. So it's like the name doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. Anyway, huh. um, so they wanted to reboot the whole franchise, uh, right. uh, kind of, for the states. So that's why Metal Gear Solid, but also the solid was supposed to signify this like 2D to 3D. Yeah. Like now everything's like a solid structure. That's like pretty a three-dimensional cool. thing. Yeah. Um, I, I can see the thought process. I can see the logic. Yeah, it's very Japanese. It's very transfaring. <laughs> Oh, man. We don't talk about transferring. Do you know about transferring? I, I don't, but so, I'm liking the word. So transferring <laughs> is a Metal Gear HD collection invented word <laughs> where if you had the Metal Gear Solid HD collection on your Vita and mm-hmm. you also had it on your television, yeah. you could transfer sure. your... <laughs> Save. It's like a manufacturer's typo. Like what? No, dude, they leaned into it. There's like videos it's about just it. fucking remote play. That's all. It is. Yeah, or just call it transfer. Like that's right, a, we already right, have a word transfer. Transferring. Anyway, I'm sorry. Revolutionizing the language. Somebody got to like minute 36 of this podcast and was like, "I'm out." Yeah. So, somebody's like, "What are these guys? They're doing? hating." I on prefer. Transferring. I, get I it, prefer trans transneering. Thank you. <laughs> Thank Jesus you, Christ. Um. <laughs> But yeah, um, do you guys want to talk about something kind of sad? Uh, Always. Okay, yeah. It's a little bit of a bummer. Sure, sure, sure. So Kojima wanted to make this like a very cinematic game. As, yeah. as And we'll get into it, but this game's very heavy into like synthesized cinematography. Right. Where it's like, there's cameras mm-hmm. and this is a movie. Like, it feels like a fucking, you're it playing a movie. It does feel like a movie. Um, his whole goal is to make like the most cinematic game and then Resident Evil beat him to release. Yeah. Which... Sucks to but let's suck. be honest. <laughs> yeah, let's be it, honest. I mean, sucks to, let's be honest. Um, Metal Gear Solid, um, as far as just as far as voice acting goes, stands the test of time. Oh, yeah. way better than Resident Evil. Resident Evil was a little sketchy when it came to <laughs> the voice acting. Well, was it the voice acting or the or the script? Because I think the that's script fair. might be the worst part that, of a that, Resident Evil. That's fair. <laughs> Um, I think if Resident Evil the remaster, like the remake, yeah, for Resident Evil One, if that would have beat Metal Gear Solid to market, like I would have just hung up my hat if I was Kojima and been true. like, "I'm out." All right, we're done. <laughs> Take it on, boys. But uh, but yeah, yeah so re- Sam, like, I'm oh, sorry, good. No, I was gonna say, yeah, Resident Evil is uh, is not great in retrospect. <laughs> yeah, it's well, uh, campy to say shots the least. Fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's a good game, but I think the... Oh, yeah, I was talking to Alessio um, about a week ago about how how if if I got a script like that, maybe I would lean into it pretty hard like, like those other people seem to. <laughs> yeah, what do you think was going through the voice actors' minds when they were asked to read those words? Money, money, money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you think they were getting paid enough to like... I bet they were getting paid enough for it to feel cool. Yeah, I bet I mean, you they like were getting paid enough for them to realize that this was a novelty yeah, at the time. They, they weren't getting paid they elsewhere, you know? They didn't want to, like, fuck it up. 
Yeah, can you imagine being asked to voice, like, I, I get that there were tons of PC games that probably had, like, voice acting before this, but, like, t- to really be, like, asked and paid to do a voice for, like, one of the first console games well, with voice acting. Yeah, that's the big thing, is, like, back then, like, it probably, like, you weren't thinking about it, like, acting, so, like, I, th- I feel like that's part of why it sounds so stiff. Oh, that's Is true. because, like, they, they don't mm. know... Like, it's so new. They're like, what the fuck is this medium? What am I doing? I'm talking into a microphone alone in a booth. Yeah. I'm, I'm an actor. I'm almost positive, too, that, like, especially at the time since it was kind of unfounded, I doubt co- that Capcom, I almost said Konami, I doubt that Capcom, like, put in the resources to have, like, a voice director. No, God, no. It's probably just, like, no. a dude being like, sounds English. Like, hey, Chip, let's roll with re- this. Uh, <laughs> sounds this script English. For me. Well, and I would say, too, they probably didn't have, like, a team localizing uh, – maybe they did. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, Police Knots was localized – or not localized, but I think Police Knots was no- localized, but it was never used. Yeah. Um, but, like, uh, Snatcher was localized, and that had voice acting on hmm. the Sega CD a little bit. But, like, yeah, I don't know. In general, like, I'm sure there was a localization team, but I doubt there was, like, as robust of a process. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you guys talk about the, all that stuff along those lines – and I want to camp out here for a minute because I think one of the unsung heroes of Metal Gear Solid mm. is Jeremy Blaustein. Okay. Yep. Um, this guy's fucking great. So this guy was like the localizer for yeah. Kojima for a minute. So this guy localized, um, I want to say, the Sega CD version of Snatcher. Um, I believe that he worked on Police Knots. Um, and he localized this game. But after this game, he did not localize any other game in the series. Um and I would argue that? that we owe Jeremy Blaustein like all the thanks in the world for the fact that this script didn't go the way of Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah. Do you think we'd like Metal Gear Solid as much if the script, if the voice acting in the script was as stilted as that? Ah, here's a sneaking suit. It would be better if you, <laughs> Snake, the master of sneaking, took. This. Oh no! Yeah, it is. It is like surprising and and neat that how close those games are together in the timeline, like how much better this like it's wild. sounds. So allegedly, and I I don't have a ton to back this up as far as like references because it's like kind of, I don't know, there's not a lot of like cited documentation of like weird internal struggles. So, like, like anecdotal and hearsay. Yeah, and like I think a lot of the stuff that's in uh, Terry Wolf's book is like a lot of citations of like interview side comments yeah. from like a hundred different interviews. But effectively, the story goes, and maybe, hopefully, we're not like propagating a rumor. I would love to have Jeremy Blaustein on the show to talk about this, so I'll definitely reach out to him over Twitter. Um, but the story goes that Jeremy Blaustein received the script from Kojima, realized that this is not a guy who knows English as like his primary language, and Jeremy kind of understood what the gist was, but decided to take some creative liberties um, when localizing, and kind of like rewrote a lot of the script um obviously with like the sole intention yeah. of kind of maintaining the original vision right. like he wants like the spirit of it still there but he yeah but he like but he understands stretched. that like this is like google translate right. wrote this english i need to mm-hmm. yeah. step it up and so he kind of changed it up but the big thing wasn't just that apparently he also did a ton of directing with the voice actors Good. Um, or like supervised the voice actor. Yeah. So much so that like apparently one of the execs at Konami would kind of like snoop on the voice acting stuff. Really? And Jeremy would have to like downplay how much creative license he was taking 
mm. allegedly to like not get in trouble. Right. Um, and this Scott, so the guy's name, the supervisor, his name is Scott Dolph. Mm-hmm. That name might be familiar <laughs> to some people. Yeah. So rumor has it that Scott Dolph dies in Metal Gear Solid Two is like a fuck you from Kojima. Wow. To this Konami employee. Okay. Yikes. There's kind of a raciness to this, too, because Scott Dolph in MGS2 is a black man. Apparently, Scott Dolph is not a person of color in yeah. real life, but is like a hip-hop enthusiast. Oh, no. And so people were thinking this is kind of like a weird, racy Jesus like jab. Christ. Oh, man. <laughs> it's Let's kind just of, set it's, this up. It's a little fucked up. it down right Yeah, here we go. Beginning. Episode yeah. one. Great No times. gods, no kings. Kojima's a monster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bummer. Yeah, bummer. Dude, people do dumb shit all the time. But apparently, it, this led to like... Um, well, So let's talk about this real fast. So the way that Kojima found out is that when time came for Kojima to supervise and approve of like yeah. in- Integral, this like bonus special version of the game for, for Europe, right? Kojima, and also for Japan, I think Integral came out in Japan, if I remember correctly, um... Kojima decided that to him, canonically, what would be the coolest thing to do would be to use the English voice recordings as the new official voice of the game sure. for the European and for the Japanese markets. Oh. Uh, because to him, I guess it felt more – like, Kojima's kind of an Anglophile. I was going to say it's like more in line with like his vision of like what he saw in movies and yeah, what he inspired like, for it to be. Yeah, and clearly yeah. he's like lifting off of like John Carpenter right. and like all this other stuff. And so he's like cool because let's be honest, Kojima kind of just wants to be a filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. But mm-hmm. Kojima was like, I want to use the English voice acting. Right. And so he played through the English copy Uh-oh. and was like, what is this? Yeah, he's like, bitch, I understand. Yeah, he was like, I didn't – what is this? Yeah. And apparently that – him supervising Integral is what led to him realizing that somebody had like pulled the wool out Can you out imagine – let's eyes. just pause there for a second. Can you imagine you work on this great piece of art. You entrust somebody else to like make it for this huge region where you think it's going to be a hit. And then just by happenstance, you go through it and you're like, um, I didn't uh, – what – where did my – okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, good. Yeah, and I get. I, and that's <laughs> like, what the thing do you is, like, do? I get it from both sides. Like, I get. Totally. Wh- I get why Kojima was pissed, but at the same time, I kind of feel like we would have we would have ended up with like a Resident Evil, yeah, weird still. Like, and that's not to downplay David Hayter. That's not to downplay any of these amazing voice talents. But apparently, like Jeremy also had a hand in like kind of picking the cast. That's interesting. So, like, I do wonder, like, what the hell would Metal Gear Solid One be without Jeremy Blaustein's involvement? Be Resident Evil is what it would be. <laughs> uh, you were almost a snake sandwich. Oh no, <laughs> Jesus! But yeah, so I don't want to camp out too much. I, if you guys know otherwise, like again, I'm just speaking off of what I've seen. Um, again, I, from referencing Terry's book and from from some of the other readings that I've done. Um, if there's anything that I said that is like completely off base, like please write in and let us know. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of, I guess, the narrative in my head. That's like that's the wild. coolest. Yeah. What if what, Big what Boss and Zero? I was, ju- were I was just about to say that. That's exactly what I was about to say. That's that's crazy. The will of the boss. Yeah, Jeremy is zero. Jesus Christ. J equals Z. Oh no. Oh no. J and PT is actually Jeremy Blaustein. Yeah. Um, Watch my new fan theory video coming to a yeah. theater near you. Python Selkin, get on this <laughs> podcast. Uh, we'll get those boys from Milan one day. One day. 
Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the gist of like development history, I guess, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of other stuff to talk about, like the road to development and all that stuff. But like, I don't know. I don't want to spend much more. Does anybody have any? Was was there a point in time? I wasn't like much of a Sony person growing up. Was there like a point? Like, was Snake like the mascot for Sony? Because I'm like trying to think of like successful like like Sony only games. Um, I mean, like Snake's one I would of those probably characters say... that was like only on PlayStation. Yeah. At the time, I'd probably say it was Crash Bandicoot. Like they had all those commercials that was it had- Crash, yeah, Crash yeah. and Spyro. Yeah, fuck, forgot yeah, about Crash that little Spyro bitch Spyro. Wow. Whoa, wow. you little purple dragon. Oh no, hey, purple dragon. Be- hey, we had Croc. All right. <laughs> Whoa, Croc <laughs> man. You put, some, you, you put some res- <laughs> Banjo Kazooie was on the Nintendo sixty four. <laughs> yeah, dog. I know, I was a Nintendo boy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one Croc- whole thing. You- <laughs> Sorry, put some respect on Croc's name, man. Well, I think Croc had an N64. Maybe he didn't. I think it was just uh, PlayStation no. and PC. It's interesting. Uh, well, I think for what's, I think Snake be a great mascot. Uh, Mega Man Legends was way better on the PlayStation than it was on the N64. Putting that out there. Also, Resident That's Evil true. Two. Um, <laughs> but yeah. also Resident Evil Two. You're right about that. I will say for the for the record, I think uh, PlayStation tried really hard to be like edge lord the console right that's why i would think of it like they're like we have final fantasy 7 motherfucker we have metal gear solid we've got i don't know we're Medieval. the mature boys yeah we're spooky and edgy oh i guess we had resident evil longer too like i think it was ps1 yeah. only for a while but yeah. how about that anywho's it um yeah so i mean did you guys have any questions or insights or comments sam isaac james did you guys i don't know that was a good question James, Thanks. there was like a big television spot campaign for this game. Do you guys remember that? From Elgar Salad? Yeah. Really? There was like a, um, specifically there was like a dude sitting in a chair and they were going over how he was going to be getting sent on like a suicide mission and uh, how like they had him training and all this stuff, but like there's no way he could have completed it. And yeah. it was like a live action. Like they filmed like a live action TV spot with like. It's just crazy to me that like the they game. gave Kojima like this many resources to push this game. Dude, I think it's a perfect storm. I think Kojima was like kind of this like hot new dude. Yeah. And then I think the PlayStation just needed talent. Yeah. So you think like Sony probably just came in and was like, here's a boatload of money. We're going to like push this. I would argue that like this this going well is probably why he's in bed with Sony right now. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's that's awesome, but like that's it's just it's crazy to think that like that's how things shook out. Yeah. We got TV spots. We got yeah, that's true. It's a crazy localization story. It's like, whoa. Yeah, I do wonder. I do kind of want to go through the history. I wonder if, like, Sony paid for those TV spots or if it was, like, Konami paying or yeah. if it was, like, a combination of the two. Yeah. I, yeah, and I, I guess, like, I'm kind of colored by, like, current times. It just seems, like, a little alien for Konami to, like, front the bill on any of that. Yeah, I would agree. You know what I mean? But maybe Konami was all about it maybe. back then. Yeah. Who knows? The world may never know. Uh, apparently in 2001, besides Metal Gear Solid 2, they just put out a shit ton of, like, Bamani games. Okay. So, like, DDR and, like, weird drum games and stuff. Yeah. What a weird studio. Yeah, they're... We got Metal Gear and we got DDR. <laughs> we got Metal Gear, we got Contra, we got Castlevania, but fuck it, baby. DDR yeah. and Casino is... Yeah. Here's a pachinko machine for you. I want a DDR <laughs> pachinko machine. Fuck yeah, you do. How, how would that work? <laughs> uh, you would have to dance before you could spin it. <laughs> oh. I don't know. Maybe the uh, longer you you dance, the the longer it spun. Is that good though? I don't I don't gamble, so I don't know. Do, like, is the spin time a good stat? I, don't on a, know. On a I have no idea. I no. Have no clue. Is that what pachinko is? Just slot machines? 
Kind of. Yeah. It's like a slot machine mixed with Peggle. I th- yeah, well, I, was, I was thinking of Peggle, like Plinko from yeah, it's, like, it's like right. both. Yeah. Now I'm just thinking of like Ryu from <laughs> Shenmue playing those fucking <laughs> yeah. Plinko games. Oh my god. Uh, anywho, anywho, we should um, we should move on. Uh, I think so. Let's talk about some basics and uh, gameplay generalities. <laughs> Um, yeah, so obviously, again, if you're if you're listening to this, chances are you've played this. Um, you're maybe uh, pretty fucking familiar with how this game Might plays. be a veteran. Um, but I would say for the most part, this plays like the 2D top-down games, um, but in 3D. It's pretty much it, right? Yeah. It's Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake with 3D character models and some like environmental effects and stuff some like that. Some environmental effects, I feel, is putting it lightly. Yeah, you can go into first person. So if you hold triangle, yeah. you can go into a first person view. Um, I, only while you hold it though. I, I learned I learned some shit today that like I think comes up later, but like you can go into first person at certain moments and like weird shit'll happen. Oh, I was like reading some trivia on it. I, I think we'll cover it in later episodes, but like I was just like, Whoa, that's that's awesome. spooky. Yeah, there's uh there's uh <laughs> I like it. This is the first thing that's coming up from gameplay mechanics. There's a ghost photo mode. Yeah. Woo. You can take pictures of ghosts around Shadow Moses up. Island. How shocked were you the first time? Did I take a picture of a ghost? <laughs> pretty, pretty shocked. <laughs> well, that is with, the, with the, the environment, like in the open. Oh, it was fucking mind-blowing. Yeah. Uh, Sam, since mm. I was going to ask Isaac, but Isaac saw it in 2015, so <laughs> uh, probably less jarring for him. Ask less again. Shocking. Maybe I have a, a different answer. <laughs> Sam, I want to ask you a quick question. So, Sam, as the other boy uh, on the show who played this roughly around the time that it was coming out. Yeah. Um, In my youth. Did you – I literally said these words, I think. Mm-hmm. Never going to get better than this. <laughs> <laughs> Like 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 direct yes. direct quote. <laughs> we've oh, we've no. achieved the peak of video games. We've done it. Like I think I saw that helicopter leave the helipad, and I was like, I'm "That's never it, gonna get better." <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> well, I mean, um, so, yeah. I think of course, like I was a kid. Like graphics, like what the fuck were graphics when you were you know in 1998? You know, so I feel like I feel like every yeah, generation of this. It's kind of it's kind of like crazy to think like Metal Gear Solid has been around for like Metal Gear as a series has been around for such a long time that you can look at each entry in the series as time has gone on and be like, well, never gonna get better than this as far <laughs> as like visuals go. Yeah, and then they just keep on getting better. That's a good point. When just to frame it. In context, real quick, and I don't know if anybody caught on on this when when we were reading out the dates. Uh, Metal Gear Solid One is like twenty years and three months old. Yeah, I believe. Hold on. Yeah, hmm. still not old enough to drink, but uh, old enough yeah. to uh, to smoke the cigarettes that you smuggled in in your stomach. Exactly. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Aaron. It's true. Old enough yeah. to flirt with a college professor. Oh, yeah. a lot of flirt. Damn. Yeah, it's a, a lot gross. of slinky dinks, you know what I mean? Oh my god, I do not know what you mean, nor do I want to. Um, so just to kind of frame it up into context for everybody else, though, so this game has almost this weird, and 
if you look really closely, there's kind of this weird like dot like comic book mm. look to yeah. it. But they also have this weird like I feel like if you removed like the grime filter and like mm. the snow filter from this game, it'd probably look really weird. Yeah. But it's got this like I would say era defining very PlayStation ass, like blocky polygonal yeah. stuff. You know, you really see it in the hands. Oh, dude, like yeah. the hands and the oh, faces. For sure. Like it's it's like if Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> if the dudes were made to look more. And like, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's very distinct. Yeah, it's it is to the PlayStation era of games what pixel art is to the Super Nintendo. Totally, I would say. Totally. Like when I think PlayStation, really this is it. what I'm looking at. Yeah. Um, but like mm-hmm. characters don't have eyes. Their eyes are just these, like, sunken-in, like, black boxes under their foreheads. And they also don't move their mouths. They nod their head when they talk. Their their mouths are just like a slit. Right. But it's, like, oddly really cool. Looks great. And, like, artistic. And, like, it still kind of holds up. Yeah, it's definitely, like, stylistic, and it's, it's of a time. It's weird to me. Like, I don't understand how brains process graphics, because, like... At the time when you see the graphics, like later on, you remember it looking a lot different than it did. Oh, yeah. And then, like, once that, like, going back now and looking at older games, it's like, like, it looks bad. Yeah. But it, (laughs) brains are weird. But this specifically has such a unique style to it that it's still, like, fresh and nostalgic and, like, the atmosphere is palpable. It would look weird if it wasn't what it looked like. Yeah. yeah. No, I get what you mean. Yeah, it's bizarre. You, you listeners get it. I know you do. There's just like a... I don't know how to describe it. So, like, honest, so we've been talking about Metal Gear for a long time. <laughs> um, and, like, longer than most people are at jobs, I longer feel like. Longer than most people have been alive. And I <laughs> feel like... I, if I'm being completely honest, was starting to get to the point where I was, like, a little burned out of talking about Metal Gear and playing Metal Gear. Um, towards like some of the later episodes. Um, I mean, we've gotten fun and creative and stuff like that, but like in, just in general, I'm like, how the fuck are we talking this much about one game series? And going back and revisiting th- this original game, I was like, this is why. Yeah. I was like, this game's fucking awesome. Like, I booted it mm-hmm. up, and like, I don't know if it's just because I'm I have such a nostalgia or whatever, but I heard the little police knots jingle before yeah. the Konami logo, the little doot doot do. You, you guys, hey, let's know go. Could you, uh, Sam, could you, uh, cu- yeah, could you uh, cue that here? But I heard that, and like all the hair on my body stood up. And then, like playing it, I'm like, God damn it! This game looks and sounds so good. Yeah, dude. I, I don't think it's just nostalgia because, like, what year was? It's 2018 when I played it for the very first time. Yeah. Like, it's just got a feeling to it that it's like it's something like unique and special, and it's like. Yeah, the music I think sells a yeah. lot of it too. Yeah, it's like, like the atmosphere sounds. But also, I think that in the year like 2019 or whatever. We've had a lot of <laughs> or indie whatever. games come through that kind of mimic almost this art style. So maybe it's like more we're more um, yeah aware and forgiving because it's like oh that's a really cool artistic mm-hmm. uh, way of doing it. But that uh, back in the day that was the only way they could do it. Um, but we just trigger it in our head as like oh that's a really cool artistic style. 
Yeah, I'm really ready for the the big wave of indie games that's trying to channel PlayStation era graphics instead of pixel art. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm ready ready for that weird point in time that we're we're inching towards. Yeah, we're ready for Meat Hands McGee in every <laughs> yeah. game. It's wild, but yeah, I mean, I mean, if you look at the other contemporaries too, like Resident Evil and stuff. Resident Evil is great. Don't get me wrong, but like the original Resident Evil, like pull off the Resident Evil remake GameCube HD sunglasses for a second, and let's yeah. talk about the original game. It's a little bit of a Little, little train wreck. It just kind of looks like you're in a box, you're in like mud. a colored yeah. box. But like compared to this, like this game's super cinematic. It's insane. You're, it's like you're playing mm-hmm. a movie. Yeah, the soldiers are like breathing. You can see their breath in the snow. Yeah. You're leaving footprints. Leaving footprints. Like that's mind blowing for the time. Yeah. Like as a non PC, I don't. I mean, I played a fuck ton of PC games, but like as a non tweaky like playing the original thief and shit like, yeah gamer it was like oh my god this is nuts yeah how is this happening um and just everything like the way that the cameras worked and like the little picture in picture with the radar i thought yeah. it was super cool it's crazy so but yeah um sam would you mind yep. t- telling us a little bit about the basics of the gameplay of this thing yeah sure so depending on what controller you're playing with if you're playing um with the original, um, oh my god, original. I forgot about that. It doesn't. You yeah. can have non-analog controls if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So depending on which controller you're playing with, you can either control your character with um, with uh, the analog sticks or the D-pad, um, and he can move around in 3D space. You can walk him in a circle, um, which I feel like is another advantage of uh, this game over Resident Evil which is uh, free 3D controls over tank controls, um, uh, which I enjoy much more. Um, And you can run around. um, If you hold down the square button, well, I guess I should, the R2 and L2 buttons will open up your inventory on either side. The left side, uh, the L2 button is for your items. The R2 button is for your weapons. Um, If you have a weapon equipped, you can press square to use it. Um, to fire it, um, you can also, um, if you hold down square and press X at the same time, you can, uh, aim your weapon and run at the same time, which is actually something I did not know until this playthrough, um, and used to great effect. Um, so you can do that. You can also, um, if you are unarmed, um, attack your enemies with fists. Um, so if you hit circle, you can do a kind of like a, like a close quarters punch combo and knock an enemy down. Um, and then contextually, depending on where you're standing and what you're doing, if you press square, you will either flip the enemy over and kind of like drop them on the floor. Um, or you will, um, you will get, if you're behind them, you will choke them out, um, and drop them on the floor. (laughs) Um, and then another, um, very cool option is you can click, I think it's, what is R1 and L1 to quick equip items. So you can unequip, um, an item. Um, and this is also a quick way to reload your weapons without going through the animation. You can unequip your gun and reequip your gun and it'll come back reloaded. And then finally, um, it's a really if you good press feeling the, when you do that, by the way, like double, just like tapping it. And oh having yeah. Like the little, like it's so refreshing. It's super cool. Sorry. And super good. Um, and then 
if you press the select button, you open your codec, which is the method you use to communicate with your support team. And one, another one of the most iconic parts of this game. Yeah. So iconic that like Ford used it in a Ford commercial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I've seen that commercial. And, like it's reused like in Smash Brothers and yeah. stuff like that. This is like, I would argue too, man, like, and maybe I'm just waxing nostalgic on this stuff for real, but like the lack of the UI being the same. So like Isaac still has yet to play five spoilers, spoilers from the future of this podcast. We put off playing metal gear solid five until roughly like episode 96 <laughs> or something. Um, but, uh, I'm a little bummed out that five, when you hold the shoulders to do the inventory, they give you like a little cross menu yeah. and I get why they did it, but like, I wanted this, right? you know what I mean? And like the codec, I would argue that when they went from hand drawn to like the polygonal stuff, yeah, I think I kind of prefer the hand drawn stuff. I, I agree. As somebody who played five before, uh, this one, um, I, I much prefer the style of the older games than the new game. Which is weird because I know a lot of people are like, oh, I love that I yeah. can listen to Codec and move and do stuff in yeah. 5. But it, that, I just find that I don't pay attention. Same. I do the same thing. I'm like, I, I missed yeah. things. And then I'm like going back and realizing. Like, inevitably, what what would end up happening is like I would just pause it anyway and just listen to it. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's, and it I don't know felt if, cooler. And, and you, guys can, you guys can chime in. And I'm actually curious to know how Isaac, how, how Isaac felt about this being the person who, you know, you James and Isaac being the people who like. Damn. Had just. Well. Whatever. Um, <laughs> the people who have like, thrown you into it, you know, a little bit more recently, like as, yeah, as adults. As adults. Um, I remember when I was younger, the Kodak being like my breather. Like if I was in a part where I was just like, I was like so stressed out that I just needed to stop for a second, I would just press select and I would just call people over and over again and talk to people. Yeah. yeah, you get really cool stuff, and I love the way that they animate these animated portraits. They look so, like, great. They're like these little anime style, um, and I believe Yoji Shinkawa did all the artwork for these. Um, but specifically, the way that like Otacons yeah. articulates, and like they're so good, and I think they just do such a good job of characterizing. Like Snake does some flirting early on with mm-hmm. like Naomi, <laughs> and you just see like his little mm-hmm. smirk come across his face. Yeah, and I'm just like, fuck, real rat bastard, that Snake. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Uh, he'll it talk does, the pants um, right off you. It does. It does immediately create the problem that um, that <laughs> the, uh, you're never you're never really sure if they can see each other or not. Oh yeah, that's a good point too. Um, um, but it's it's it is it is what it is. I do like Otacon's characterization too, especially when he's screaming about people in elevators. Yeah, he looks like he's got chops in his yeah, Kodak portrait, he does. which yeah. I feel like never comes back again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm a huge fan of the Kodak. Um, the Kodak's great. And I know uh, there's yeah, a like lot of tune it to the right state. I like I, I like the whole UI of it. So in the demo, I remember because you never have to call her in the demo, but in the demo, I remember I checked. Guys, I'm a crazy person. I checked every single frequency. Yeah, like one number at what? a time. What'd you, no way. What'd you find in there? Yeah, I, like so. I again, I put a That's lot of time scary. into this fucking demo. <laughs> um, I tried every single. Uh, frequency and i found natasha roman romanenko or romanikov or whatever the the russian uh like weapon specialist you can find her in the demo and call her and it's like all on the demo disc whoa that's crazy where snake just kind of stumbles across it and like she does answer i believe dude that's crazy i hope i'm not misremembering of that but i very very vividly do remember going through every single the codec is also like like sam to your point about it feeling like a breather like 
I also felt that, but like I'm also like weirdly creeped out by the Kodak, and I I, I think it made me realize like I'm kind of afraid of radios. Well, I was kind of creeped <laughs> out by it too, but I feel like this whole game has like a weird creepiness to it. Yeah. Does any did anybody pick up on that, Isaac? Sam, do you guys feel it too? I feel like a weird, vaguely horror. Yeah, like creeping. There's like they're like tension. a creeping dread type feeling to it yeah and like until the very end where they kind of reveal all these mysteries the fact that like you feel so behind yeah. the mysteries yeah and the fact that like you're finding people that are dead covered in maggots when you're yeah, supposed to be saving it's them spooky you're like how are they covered in maggots They're, right they died today i thought right just like all the weirdness with the music and the atmosphere mm-hmm. i'm like this kind of feels spooky yeah. you guys mm-hmm. and then you have the ghost camera which really yeah and then you fucking take a picture <laughs> of a ghost and shit your pants and scream uh, but no, yeah. Did you guys pick up on that at all, Sam? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like the first two, like the DARPA chief and the um, uh, president, Baker, guy. President Baker, President Baker, Baker. Yeah, thank you. Um, just dying out of the blue, and then it, they just like scream. Well, for one, the DARPA oh, chief coming at into you my memory, by when the he's way. dying. Um, that's kind of freaky because he. It, it almost reminded me of just like somebody turning into a zombie and then starting to um, come at you. And that's what this Resident Evil. <laughs> I wasn't going to name drop. Um, but yeah, just the way that they do it cinematically, it just kind of is a little off edge, off kilter. I don't know. Off-putting. Off-putting. There are, two, there are two sounds involving the DARPA chief and other parts of the game that will forever be burned into my skull, and yeah. that's hearing his, like, echo, reverbed, mm. why, <laughs> yeah. just, like, yeah. burned into my memory. And then the other thing is, like, that weird high-pitched, like, that, like, it uh, does when, mm-hmm. like, it cuts to, yeah. like, the Metal Gear footage, and yep. Snake's like, Metal Gear. And it does, like, that weird, like, high-pitched whistle. Do you know what I'm talking yep. about? It also does it yeah. with Cyborg Ninja. Yeah. He's like, Ninja. And, like, they're just, Ninja. like, it's in the cutscene. It's crazy. Like, that weird... There are just sounds about this game, or yep. even, like, the... Doom, doom. Mm. Like, music, mm-hmm. when you're, like, in the hallways. Doom, doom. Um, <laughs> or even whenever you, like, press your back against the wall... Mm. And it like, uh, especially when you're near Otacon yeah. and you see him on your radar yep. and you press your back against the wall and it kind of peeks over and you see him and it does like that little doo 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 like yep. sound. Like there are just like little sounds in this game that are just like permanent. Yeah. It's weird. Well, there, so there, good. There, are these, there are the sounds in the game that are that are permanent and then there, I think, where sound was used to the best effect in this game um, and we'll we can we'll obviously cover it in more detail later. But I think where sound was used to the best effect in this game was when there was no sound at all. Mm. In when you were about to when you're about to confront um, one of the bosses, Psychomanus. Oh yeah, because and all the right music before stops. yeah, right before you're about to go talk to him, there's no music at all, and I it's one of the most unsettling feelings I think I've ever had playing a game. That wasn't yeah, like it's, outright horror. It's crazy. Yeah, I would love to almost. Put on the cutscenes, like find somebody on YouTube who's like edited all the cutscenes together or whatever, or even done like a long play of the whole game or yeah. something, and just listen to it. Yeah. Because, um, like, honestly, like, I feel like it would just like make for really interesting, like, audio play. I was going to say great something. audio play. Yeah. Yeah. It's because it's I, all I pretty distinctive. Yeah. I, I agree with that completely. So, good work to all the composers and everybody, everybody yeah. who worked on the sound. Well, yeah, it, it's impressive that, like, 
again in 1998. In 1998, and the fact that like you can kind of like I you could take it out of its medium and it would still be a compelling mm-hmm. like listen. You know. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, since there is talks of a Metal Gear movie, uh, I would love to just see them like almost. I don't want to say shot for shot, but like just make this story. Yeah. Like I've got a bad feeling they're gonna like simplify the story quite a bit. Simplify it or like action it up in a way that's like very modern feeling. Yeah. Because outside of the gameplay bits, there's not a lot of action right. in this game. It's kind of like a lot like of people talking. Tension and, like, intrigue. Yeah. You know? But it goes off the rails at a certain point. Yeah. So, in a good way. But, yeah, so that's awesome. Um, Sam, uh, thank you for covering the gameplay mechanics uh, to some extent. Um, do we want to talk about the way that this articulates as far as, like, a top-down kind of thing? Um. The only thing that I can think to describe it, because, like, if you've played the other Metal Gears, it's kind of like that, but there's also a lot of verticality. Because, like, especially even in the little helicopter area at the beginning, like, there's yeah. multiple levels yeah. that you can go through. Um, I feel like the best way I can think to describe this is, I guess the shorthand is, like, think of any stealth section in a video game. Because this game exists, we have stealth sections in other yeah. games. But imagine if I was describing this to somebody in 1997, mm-hmm. imagine, like... A Zelda, like a classic Zelda game, okay, mm-hmm. like Link to the Past or something, right? But in 3D, and like you're playing hide and seek with your enemies. Mm. Like that's kind yeah. of what this feels like, right? Is yeah. That, would you oh, guys yeah. say that's a fair description? Definitely feels that way. Yeah. And it's like a lot of anxiety around: Am I going to get seen? And especially like even in that opening era where they're like, "What's up with these footprints?" It's like, "What? What?" Oh yeah! I'm a, I'm a video game. Don't can't see my feet. I'm a video game. <laughs> no, <laughs> my f- it's such a weird like perspective too because it's not quite isometric, but it's also not quite third person either. It's yeah. just, it's very unique for like its time. That's a good way to put it because you can kind of like wiggle the totally can wiggle the view based on the way you press your I, back against stuff. When I was playing it, like I couldn't think of anything to compare, like, the camera angles that they use for some of those sections. Like, I, I just don't remember playing games like that. Yeah. In a weird way, especially and we're covering Ground Zeroes after this remaster season, in a weird way, the um, Camp Omega yeah. sort of, like, infiltration yeah. reminds me a lot of, like, oh, this is what Kojima had in mind when he was doing totally. this opening infiltration at Shadow Moses. Totally. But, like, now he can actually do it yeah. the way he wants to. Um, but I kind of liked the limitations. Like, I don't know, yeah. again, maybe it's nostalgia speaking, but, like, it's so quaint, but, right. like, so... It's almost like a good book. The best parts are the parts not described on the page, but, like, the blanks in between that your brain fills in. Ah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I like the way you put that. Because it's like, the game is an approximation of what's happening. Right. But, like, you have to fill in the gaps with your imagination. Yeah. And I think this game kind of straddles that cool line between, like, because the Uncanny Valley, right, is like enough of your imagination is filled in, mm-hmm. but it doesn't live up to what you expected. Right. Yeah, and this kind of leaves enough for you to still for fill you that to gap. kind of project. Yeah. and it's like I don't know, it's cool. You're totally right. That's a really good way of putting that. And yeah, I think you do kind of lose that with the more modern games because now it well, well, like partially because of that, and partially too because like now it's like what we're used to. Yeah, that's you know, a good whereas point. like back then, and like even now, like this feels like a unique piece amongst a lot of like different types of the same thing that's true 
Yeah, there weren't other games like this, but Metal Gear Solid Five. There are plenty of third-person sneaky boy, totally open-world games. Yeah, it's weird. So interesting. Um, outside of that, do we guys um, let's do you guys want to talk about the bosses and like how that articulates a little bit roughly? Um, there's kind of I would say there's like four different modes of play in this game, mm-hmm. right? So like we talked about the codex scenes, right? Uh, the other aspect I would say are cutscenes, mm-hmm. like official proper cutscenes, right? Um, so the co- cutscenes are all static images talking, like we mentioned. Sam, go ahead with the cutscenes. Sorry, are you are you explaining cutscenes to people? <laughs> I am not explaining cutscenes <laughs> to people. I'm trying to explain like the they're different. like static images. No, <laughs> they're codec. I was talking about the wherein codec. you do not speak to, you do not control the action <laughs> on the screen. In modern versions, you they they sometimes throw a curveball at you, and make you press a button sometimes oh, to produce no. the action. That's so the, called a quick time event. No, I just wanted to I wanted to <laughs> d- distinguish between the fact that codecs are effectively just like two pictures of people. Right. So it's very visual novel. The codec yeah. is a visual novel. It's like two animations speaking to each other on a flat surface. The cutscenes are 3D in engine. Yes. That's the mm-hmm. other thing about this game, you guys. So, like, Resident Evil's a culprit of this. Final Fantasy's a culprit of this. It, during this era of games, nobody did in engine cutscenes no. for the whole game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Final Fantasy was always known for its, like, very grandiose CGI right. pre rendered cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Like, so much so that, like, dude, I'd fucking start new games just to see the opening again. <laughs> Final Fantasy VIII, I'm looking at you. I watched that cutscene like a hundred times. Hell yeah. Here's the thing I, I'm not the hugest fan of Final Fantasy VIII, but I will go on record as saying Final Fantasy VIII's opening cutscene is breathtaking. It's fantastic. Uh, I love Final Fantasy VIII, Sam. I'm going to fight you. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but no, this game's all in-engine cutscenes. Like, yeah, every bit of that it. Is, that is crazy for the time that this came out, that they, they just went full in on that. Yeah, they're like, fuck it, baby. Yeah. I ain't got no strings on me, Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that also sets it apart from like a lot of the competition. Um, and so those are the two mo- those are two modes. The third mode, I would say, is sort of this exploratory... You're finding items. Sneaky sneak. Um, there's no HUD element that's like, you have to go here. I do love that about this game, too. Yeah. It's just you have to intuit from the codec when Colonel says, infiltrate the base, me got to get in there. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm so used to having my hand held by games that, like that threw me off. I was like, I don't. But how? Yeah. Yeah. Where? Where's my waypoint? Yeah, you, you do get you, you do get your codec where it's like snake press triangle to climb ladders, right? But like other than that, it's just like yeah, it's like get in the building, figure it out, Johnny. Yeah, which is also like that mystery was cool right. as a kid. Yeah, um, but you you can kind of sneak around, pick up items, uh, figure out how to get to your objective, and try not to be seen. So that's that third mode. The fourth mode of engagement, I would say, are these bosses, mm. and the bosses kind of articulate like mini games. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you guys describe the bosses in this game? <laughs> I want to hear Isaac how Isaac would describe the bosses because I think he would he has a very yeah like, Isaac's unique way of explaining spot something. on with his descriptions. Isaac, how would you Am I? man on oh, man on the man. street? Your mom shows up. She goes, Isaac, what are you doing? How would you describe these boss fights? Um, <clears throat> well, all what right, a weird framing device. <laughs> Let me just frame this right. Um, the first time playing through, I played on normal, thinking, oh, you know, it'll be a normal experience. <laughs> um, normal means normal. <laughs> Come on, guys. I know what normal. Some might means. assume um, it was not, uh, and i i was I died a lot, and 
found it at times frustrating and hard and um the boss battles while challenging were um uh different enough that it, it threw like uh each boss had its own um thing to it Flavor. i don't know how to describe this um yeah every boss almost feels like a mini game yes yeah. right because i feel like none of the boss battles repeat no style wise like different styles and tactics for each one and, and that's yeah, what i liked the about yeah and then they're you good got, at breaking up the gameplay yeah so you never know what to expect especially your first time you're totally. like oh fuck what is this what are we <laughs> yeah. doing what's happening you're like yeah. i was just sneaking and now i'm here i have to fight a helicopter <laughs> a, a what? Me just man. Me just little man. How how do I fight helicopter? <laughs> that that was me with the tank. I was like, excuse me, what? Yeah, yeah. we're ready to do what? <laughs> yeah, but cool. Yeah, it's good. So you fight kind of like a motley crew. If fighting a bunch of X Men is what it feels like, pretty much. Uh, but they do a really good job in this game. I don't feel like any other game nails the like super villain-esque like entourage of enemies that you're gonna deal with because like this game so here's the deal about this game too and this is i think very of the era the cutscene that plays before you press start to get to the main menu yeah they're not going to show you again in the game and i feel like that cutscene contextualizes a lot it's a pretty important cutscene like don't skip it sometimes you can just fucking yeah. skip and then realize they're not going to show it to you. You're going to go back and uh, start over. Watch it after. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. there's like a... We can talk about the briefing sequences. We'll, we'll kind of curtail that here at the end. But the the sort of attract screen, like if this was like an arcade yeah. cabinet, like the attract screen is like them giving you the mission parameters. Yeah. Um, and they talk about the... Um, the guys you're going to deal with. So it's very like Dark Souls-esque, mm-hmm. like let's mm-hmm. build this mythology of who you're going to deal with. And it's just Colonel talking to Snake. And it's great because like Snake doesn't know any of these people either. No, Snake's and so, just like, what? Yeah, so Snake's kind of like us where he's learning for the first time as well. Right. And they're going through everybody and they're just like, yeah, so we've got this. And all the names are adjective animal. Yeah. yeah. So it's like we've got <laughs> – Decoy octopus. He's the greatest uh, at disguising himself. We've, we've got, got we've got a Vulcan raven, a giant, and shaman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody says shaman. Th- thanks, fucking- Colonel. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, and I love how Snake just like does not skip a beat yeah. with it. He's like, okay, right on. What's next? <laughs> um, and they pull Snake out of retirement. Like as soon as we get, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, it's phenomenal. As soon as we get into the the meat of the story, it's gonna be good. This game's. This game's spoiler. This game's like mostly dope story with some like really fun <laughs> gameplay kind of interspersed. But um, yeah, it's crazy. They just like introduce this like big group of enemies, and you just feel like holy shit! I want to meet all of these people. And I remember my biggest, the biggest it, bummer moment for me was I never got, you never get to meet Decoy Octopus. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like, shit, I want to meet. Where this is guy. I, I guess you, you do technically, but and it's, he dies. Uh, it's not the same. But it's like I wanted to find uh, him. Yeah. You want to know? So you know what this always reminded me of, and I don't. I actually don't think that um, this is something that we have have mentioned before on like future episodes or even uh-huh. in our original classic version of this this game. Um, it kind of reminds me of like a Batman Rogues Gallery. 
Oh, hundred percent. That they're giving like, to you, like right, like right at front. Yeah. Like, okay, this is the Joker, and this is Catwoman, and this is Poison Ivy. Yep, you're fighting some super villains today, baby. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. here's Clayface. He's the best villain in this entire universe. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. I can't, like, are you I being disingenuous it. right now? No, I legit. Yeah, he loves oh, Clayface because okay. I love Clayface. <laughs> oh yeah, do Clayface for president, 2020. Um, yeah. Uh. I feel like we're one bad day away from somebody pushing the president into, into like a vat of that fluid and oh, just absolutely. making clay face. We're close. Um, sorry, I had to have a moment of realization where I was like, I have you to know, be careful what words I put into the world because right we're, we're on one the, bad we're on day the brink. away. Um, we're good to depending on how you look at it. You know that's I mean? true. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> sometimes he looks like he may already be clay face. Um, <laughs> oh, anyway. God. Um, Get him. <laughs> it's great. It's wonderful. You kind of going into this game, it, they they do this really cool thing by establishing that. I then in my mind have this checklist of like dope yeah. shit that I know I'm going to run yeah. into. Um, and then when it comes back in, I'm like, oh my god, I remember you're the guy. Like yeah. you're the you're GI the, Joe that I'm fighting. This is <laughs> yeah. great. Let's do it. They do feel you're like GI Joes. They're like you're the silver man. Yeah, you're you're a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> they don't give you the helicopter. <laughs> no, no, they don't. Yeah, can you imagine? They're like. <laughs> And Whirly Bird, the sentient helicopter. Tyrant, tyrant copter. <laughs> Giant and helicopter. Like, I'm sorry, what? You like, heard me. They've got a helicopter. God damn it. They've got a guy with a fucking minigun, and you, actually, you have to fight a literal yeah. helicopter. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Part of the job. Uh, yep. That's why it's I went to retirement just a, the first time. Oh, just another day on the job. Uh, but yeah, so the ultimate goal is for Snake to render useless the Metal Gear, of which they are unaware of exists until midway through the game. Yeah. Um, the plot beats are almost kind of like, honestly, like, let's talk like Metal Gear, Metal Gear 2, Metal Gear Solid, and Metal Gear Solid 2 are all very like Zelda, mm-hmm. Metroid-esque formula. Yeah. Where it's like, these games all have a formula. You're going to deal with these bosses. You're going to do this thing. There's going to be this double cross. And then you're going to fight a big-ass robot called Metal Gear. And then end credits. Yep. Metal Um, Gear. But what's so good is that, like, Kojima was aware of this formula, leaned into it hard for this game, all for the fucking ultimate payoff (laughs) that is the game that comes right after this, where they're like, hey, you know that formula? fuck off yeah like and i dude i i want i guess you could say breath of the wild's kind of this i want that like mgs2 moment for zelda yeah where it's like oh you were expecting this were you haha like <laughs> um but yeah anyway uh this is great this game's great sets the stage for some phenomenal games to come after um do you guys feel like we've covered everything is there anything that we're missing in this generalities kind of overview Remaster. Do we do we want to go into the briefing since it's on the main menu? Oh, it, that's right. Yeah. Leave? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk about that, I guess. Uh I guess we could probably talk about the VR missions very lightly. There's not a lot on disc. Um Yeah, so we talked about VR missions a little bit with the integral and some of the other stuff, and there's like a whole separate side game that right. came out in the United States. But they're sort of these like virtual playground testing grounds that are available from the pause screen. So if you go into like options, you right. go to VR missions, and there's sort of this like, hey, here's ten maps, don't be seen. Yeah. Hey, here's ten maps, use your pistol to 
neutralize all the enemies. Um, and there's they're kind of simple. Yeah. Um, and the VR missions disc is just like 300 of those. They get weirder and weirder That's and weirder cool. and weirder. And there's even like a murder mystery clue. What the fuck? Set of 10 that are what? very... It's like, yeah, discover who made the murder. And you're like, what? Oh, uh, that's like that's the best. <laughs> it, it's phenomenal. That's crazy. Um, there's also one where you fight a Shadow Moses soldier that is the size of a Godzilla. Love that. Uh, it's wonderful. That's a Janola. Janola. Yeah. Janola. Um, but yeah, so there's those VR missions for you to just kind of test your gameplay. Test your might. Yeah, test your might. Um, but yeah, then there's also these briefing sections. Sam, do you want to tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, so um, we kind of touched on it when you when you turn the game on before you get to the main menu. Um, you see a scene where our main character, um, who at this stage, if you've played it for the first time, you're not sure who this man is, but he's in the submarine uh, driving towards a base, and then you pop out of the submarine and swim towards this base, and um, they kind of explain the mission briefly. Um, and explain like who you're dealing with. Um, and it's kind of the lead up to the the game. It's like the prelude. Um, if before you start the game, you do some digging around the menu, you come across this thing called uh, briefing where you can, um, you can actually watch the briefing, um, that snake goes through before the mission in full. Um, it's, and it's divided up into sections and, um, Watching a particular section will unlock another section of the briefing that you can watch until you watch the whole thing. Um, and it really, and it really, it, it, it's a great way to, they do a great job of setting up the world just from the off, but it's a really great way to kind of optionally give yourself some, some more context. Um, and it's awesome to, content too. Like, yeah. I think the one thing that I would add to this, which awesome description, Sam, I thought you did a rockstar job. I think. Thank you. The one thing that I would add to that is that, like, the briefing tapes are all hand-drawn. Mm-hmm. It's like, imagine a Kodak frame, but it's, like, the whole TV. Yeah. And so it's, like, this hand-drawn VHS effect. Like, the camera's just on Snake, who's, like, fully nude. Right. Like, resting on a bed. And you kind of see shapes of people moving across the camera from time to time mm-hmm. and you hear people like entering and leaving the room right it's like a radio drama with like minimal cool ass animation yeah. it's like it's awesome yeah there's like so much there's so much like vision behind it it's just like how why is this here like how is this here yeah, you it, know, it's like, definitely like the briefing scene from fucking uh, Escape from New York. Yeah, no, it's, is what it's totally it's like. like it's just that, yeah. but it's so cool and really well it's done. Super neat so. and impressive again for the time. Like, yeah, good on you, Kojima. I, for I think did you ever vision. did you ever wind up watching the like well, the first time you played or or this time did you watch the extended briefing in the menu at all? Uh, no. Did you know Isaac, it was there? Isaac on the spot? <laughs> I uh, I didn't actually, um, and I never really actually went into the briefings. I don't think. Mm. <laughs> well, and if you have like an extra to, twenty to be, minutes on, on yeah. like a play session, I'd recommend going into the menu and watching them because it's actually some really cool. It's really cool to like watch and yeah. listen to. Yeah, and I mean, shit, I'm I'll probably dive back in and refresh myself on those before the next time we record. Um, to be fair, in all honesty, modern gamers are probably very easily going to look past that shit because it kind of feels True. like my original thought the first time I ever saw it was I thought it was going to be like tutorial stuff. 
Yeah. And it was just going to be like a little video showing you like how to do tutorial stuff. Right. I didn't realize it was like in universe, like contextual, like lore dumps. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's like a sign that like Kojima clearly had like more he wanted to say. Yeah. I always find it as a good sign. Yeah. To me, it's a really good sign when a developer is so fucking confident in what they're doing yep. that like they're okay with like hiding dope shit. Totally. Because they're just like, whatever, you'll see it if you want to see it. If not, whatever. Yeah. And not even like hiding dope shit, but hiding dope shit when you don't really need it to understand what's going on. Yeah. Can you imagine a like, world in which just... like, the briefing had core information that was like, and people are just like, this is confusing and dumb. What is this? Yeah. It's just like extra stuff if you if you like want it. If you want, work. yeah. Apparently, I didn't I, I, want it. Hmm. <laughs> I didn't want it hard, want it hard enough. <laughs> the first time it. I ever, I think the first time I ever discovered the briefings, uh, I discovered the mid playthrough of the main game. I think I'd gotten like midway through the game and had been like kind of bouncing through the menu looking for shit. Yeah, and I remember thinking because oh, I remember what it was. They talk about Gray Fox, I think. In, in the game. So when you mm. encounter Cyborg Ninja, he's like, Gray Fox? And I'm like, who the fuck is Gray? Like, how, why are you talking like I'm supposed to know who this is? And then I went into the briefings, and there's like a whole section where like I think him and Naomi talk about yeah. her brother, I think. Or no, th- she didn't reveal that it's her brother yet, but they talk about his ex-partner mm-hmm. like, or whatever, like ex-compatriot uh, uh, Gray Fox. Um, or at least they reference like the fist fight in the minefield, I think. Right. Um, and I just remember being like, holy shit, what? Yeah, like, this like, is what crazy. Is this? There's so much stuff here. But I guess, especially for Americans, we didn't realize that there was like two prior uh, games. Other games? Yeah. This is like a yeah. sequel? Yeah. I never, dude, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I didn't realize this game was a sequel probably until like MGS3 came yeah. out. I can see that. Yeah. I literally did not know that there was a Metal Gear and a Metal Gear 2. Yeah. Until mm. like MGS3 was on the horizon. Mm-hmm. I think. So, yeah, it's wild. This is a great game. There's a lot of depth. Um, cool. Are you guys down to dive into just sort of wrap-up thoughts for the episode then? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Nice. So yeah, uh, thank you guys for getting through this first episode. Um, hopefully you enjoyed yourself. Um, roughly, if you look at the classic and you look at the remaster, you'll probably notice that the classic episodes, like the first four, are about like an hour. And I think even with the MGS2 stuff, I think we tried to keep it at around about an hour. Uh, what ended up happening as we got into the MGS3 stuff was uh, we realized that both the listeners and us enjoyed kind of talking a little bit longer form. And so this like hour and 30 is roughly about the average per episode. Um, I think we do there. We do have episodes that are like two hours and two hours plus. Uh, We try to to keep them between like 90 and 120 minutes. Yeah. Which people seem to like for some reason. Yeah. Um, And we like them too, but um, it just depends on how we, uh, like I never want to break it up and be like, well, we're going to do an hour and then a, a quick little 30 minute one. You right. know what I mean? Like that's dumb. So, uh, we just say what we got to say and move on with it. Um, yeah. but yeah, so this was covering generalities from Metal Gear Solid one. Um, starting on the next episode, we are going to be diving into the first half of the main game. Uh, I'm still not 100% on where we're going to organically end up. Part of me is thinking we are going to play until the point when snake gets captured. Um, but yeah, I think that might be better than switching discs because that disc one switch happens 
pretty late in the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll probably do it to that point. So when Snake gets captured, which like spoilers for a twenty year old game, <laughs> uh, Snake does get captured. Oh shit! Uh, canonically got him. at one point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we're gonna play till that point. So if you guys want to play along with the show, just play until that point for the next episode, and then after that, we'll be covering from the point of Snake's escape until the end of the game. And then on the fourth episode, we're going to be doing wrap-up thoughts, uh, talking with our good friend Alice Chang about the game, uh, kind of talking about extra stuff, side yeah. content, unlockables, uh, stuff like that. Um, and that's typically the format that we take. We'll do like a generalities, we'll do a multi-parter, and then the last part will typically be like sort of secrets and side stuff yeah. and did you know kind of stuff. And then the last Did you part- know? <laughs> the last part will be episode five will be a listener response episode. Um, I will, <laughs> we haven't revealed this just yet. Um, if you are a longtime listener who is listening to these as they are 91 through 96, um, episode 97 is going to be, I believe it's 97, 97, or 96, uh, is going to be us playing through the twin snakes mm. properly and talking about it properly. Um, so midway through the whole run of the show, we did a quick, like hundred Facebook likes special quick bonus episode on twin snakes. Yeah. Uh, we're going to give it like it's formal proper treatment. So yeah, twin snakes is the GameCube remake of metal Gear solid one. So that's exciting. Kind of like how we're doing a GameCube remake of our original season. Yeah. This is the GameCube remake of the, yeah, original this is, season. this is our twin snakes. Yes. We have become the Twin Snakes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I really quickly just wanted to say if you like what we're doing and you uh, dig the cause, uh, consider supporting us for as little as $2 a month on Patreon. You can get episodes as early as I can edit them. And you will also get um, a whole new podcast. It is the Metal Gear Mondays Patron Club. Uh, kind of like this show, except we talk about, uh, we alternate between topics and games. And we'll give like an hour and a half long episode Episode talking about like a game that's not Metal Gear, um, like I think we've done episodes on Last of Us. We did an episode on God of War, the 2018 game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done episodes on like weird shit, like Murdered Soul Suspect. <laughs> um, but we also do topics like uh, games that we grew up with, or like handheld games, or um, I think we did fighting games for one, mm-hmm. uh, and like gamer budget discussion. That was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, so consider that um, at five dollars plus. Those episodes are way less formal. Yeah, and a lot of fun, just like fuck around episodes, and they're fun. Um, but yeah, for five dollars up and ten dollars up, there's additional tiers. But that two dollar up one, I think minimum is like worth worth it worth a look. Um, outside of that, if you guys want to follow us, you can go to Twitter. Um, we are at Metal Gear Monday. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Metal Gear Mondays. We're on Instagram. Sam does these awesome episode cutups. Uh, uh, kind of going through. I'm trying to think of the best way to frame it. It's like uh, clips. Fun, it's like a clip. Fun it's like clips. Yeah, it's like a clip show. It's a, like people do highlight reels for Twitch or something. But it's a podcast and it's fun. They're great. Uh, but we're on Instagram, and um, you can also, I think, you can also check us out. Um, it's a bit.ly/mgmstore if you want to buy some cool shit that Sam has made. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last but not least, um, we are on. Uh, we have an Amazon affiliate link. It's bit.ly/justabox if you want to buy any of these games on Amazon for no extra money on your end. We get a little kickback. So thank you for that. Um, if you guys listen on iTunes, please consider giving us a rating and a review. Um, specifically, those ratings help get the show seen more. 
So, yeah, that's pretty much it. I am motor-mouthing like a motherfucker, which should be a tongue twister. Motor-mouthing like a motherfucker. Um, but uh, I really quickly want to give everybody the floor to kind of plug themselves and uh, where you can find them individually. So, uh, James, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at James Uh You can find me at jamesreichmuth.com. Very nice. Uh, what kind of stuff do you talk about? Metal Gear stuff? What are you, what are you talking about? Uh, I tell a lot of jokes. Uh, I test out um, comedy on there sometimes. Um, mostly that. Some thoughts, some musings. I try to keep it fun. Nice. Sam, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Sanjul. That's S-A-N-J-U-U-L. Um, I tweet about Metal Gear sometimes. Um, I make jokes on there sometimes. Um, you know, sometimes I talk about what it's like to live with depression and anxiety, because that's something that people don't talk about enough. And sometimes I blend those two things together and it's poignant. <laughs> so, and Sam just described out. himself as a human, I think, as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very nice. Yeah, Sam's a good Twitter follow and so is James. You guys are good. Uh, Isaac, I'm going to, on the record, say Isaac's an awful Twitter follow. Hey! Uh, Isaac, mm-hmm. tell us about your Twitter account. I don't know if I want to anymore. Isaac doesn't oh. use it. <laughs> so Isaac, get back on there, man. Hop on that. Here, hold on, hold on. I want to see if I can hold Isaac to this. 2019, New Year, you know. Isaac. I can already can tell you. Can I that. hold you to Isaac Lim? And I'll text you to remind you. Can I hold you to one tweet a week? A week. Hashtag one tweet a week. <laughs> um, uh, you can say whatever you want to say. Yeah, let's do it. We'll see how long it takes. Ooh, on the record. On the record. Are you fucking? Are you fucking serious? I got you. I Who knows? Right. Maybe my right. set up like across. daily reminders. Fuck yeah, you are. <laughs> Look, right, man, one tweet here, a week. Isaac. Here's what you do. Oh, here's what you do. I'm I'm gonna help you out. That way you can spend like ten minutes, uh, one day, and just do and just bu- bust it out. <laughs> Download the the buffer app, and just write all of all fifty two of your tweets and schedule them. And then you're done. You spend 10 minutes writing out your tweets, scheduling them, and then you're done. Oh, my gosh. Year. That's genius. Wow, Sam. Way to, way to enable him <laughs> Thanks, instantly. Sam. Look, this is why, it's either this, is why it's we either this nice it's either this or nothing. <laughs> Look, guys. Listeners, do you see we're, what? We're, do you see my sons? Do you see what I have to deal with every day? We're going to start Isaac's tweets. We're all going to contribute to Isaac's Twitter. Great. Yeah, Patreon, I'm going to add a new tier if you want, if you want authorship on an Isaac tweet. <laughs> no, nah, that's a joke. Um, um yeah. did we actually did we mention did we mention what his actual Twitter handle hey, was or did Isaac, would you like to would you like the honors? Uh sure thing. If you want to follow me or tweet at me, uh my Twitter handle is at doesn't have a twit. Yeah, and if you follow the original episodes, you think, you think you can track the trajectory of the birth of that Twitter account? Oh yeah. Um, are we are we just uploading our consciousness to the internet? I feel like that's what's happening. Yeah, we're, this is like so. the the a true living time capsule. It's like you'll be able to track your growth as a person. It's true. Like going well, like back this in. is what this is what the Living Tribunal has like been leading us towards this whole time. Is is. Holy shit! Sam's going we, off the deep end. Oh, we, they can they can recreate our bodies, but they can't recreate our minds. So they what the fuck they have to use about? our tweets and our Facebook posts and our social media posts to really build a concept. Amen. Like so that they can they can, the fill, they can fill our brains. 
they can fill our brains with like our actual thoughts and that way they have a real lifelike <laughs> model of us for when they um, inevitably consume the world. Yep. The lolly lule low. Sounds yep. right. Sam. I love you. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The king of vamping himself. <laughs> Sam Wright. That was phenomenal. Um, very nice. Well, yeah, it's been fantastic, you guys. I really enjoyed this remaster. I think uh, I think we've done our past selves justice, and maybe we have not. Me especially. I think, yeah, I think we've done our past selves justice and hopefully not obstructed our future selves or generated problems for down the road. So... Good on us. Good on the listeners. Thank you guys for listening. Amen. And before we go, I've got I've got one really quick thing to say. Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks, and Sam. That's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. That was a funny reference to the loud keyboard sounds that appear in MGM issue number one <laughs> from November or September of two thousand and fifteen. Thank you. You're welcome. We can't go into the future without leaving our past friends behind. Got to bring that keyboard with us. Uh, Oh, no, and the dog. Thank you, Sam. We, we, yeah, we recorded under duress, I think. We've come a long way. Yeah. We have audio foam on the walls now. It's true. And sound dampening curtains. This is, this is the future. Mm. Um, If only we would have known. Um, But yeah, it's good. We, We need to do a classic sign off. Um, I hope there is a single listener left to hear this happen by the end of this. Um, yeah, Sam, um, I wish mm-hmm. that we would have, I wish that I would have gone back and made note of what the exact way that it came out was. Uh, do you remember how we got to the line that we have to say to end the show? I Originally? I don't. Yeah, I don't want to like, I, can we, here's the thing. Uh-huh. Here's the thing. Uh-huh. We could we could uh-huh. get there like we did like we did the original time, but I don't want to put us in a box. You know what I'm saying? So, gotcha. I think I think that we should just leave them with uh, a little bit of light knowledge. You know? Yeah, that's true. It's it's just a thought. The Is living tribunal wills it. <laughs> it's just I really want. I'm gonna just keep saying this until it lands, dude. Just a thought. That's our new sign off. It's just a thought. <laughs> She just like a thought. Like T-H-O-T. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, no, but Sam, you're right. It was good. You skirted around it a little bit, but I think mm-hmm. we should just leave it at that box comment. It's, it's mm-hmm. just a box, right? Yep. Just a box. 